back to Willard and Dave. Take it away, Mark. <laughs> All right, Steph. Um, what a game on Saturday night for the Dubs against the Celtics. That was probably about as fun as I've had watching them all year. Pretty so fun, yeah. I would say that back-to-back days. That was the most fun watch for a Warrior fan Saturday night and maybe the most fun 49er watch on uh, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, pretty fun. And uh, this song getting me in the spirit. Spadoni letting me know it's the Jingle Bell Brock is what we're playing Out of bang, out of bang. And apologies to the yeah. YouTube audience who can't hear it, but uh, you know the tune. Uh, Brock Purdy has a name that's perfect for this. Like if he does go on a little run here and something special happens, his last name is going to be the most punned name in the history of sports. I don't even know if that's a word. Is punned a word? But you get what I'm saying. You allowed it, yeah. Yeah, puns are flying all over the place constantly. And Brock... I mean, it just rhymes with all of the words that you... I mean, there's just a lot. There's like a lot. what, Mark? Well, Brock and roll. Come on, man. Rock out with your Brock out. I want a Brock! Brock! Totally. You know, I mean, there's just... There's options there. There's I know where you're trying to pin me, but, uh, but there are options there. That's all I'm saying. And if you are overwhelmingly loving his play, you could be a Brock sucker. <laughs> Why? Why? Why'd you have to? Because you're going. Why'd you have to go there? You're no, going. No, 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 why'd you have to go there? Because you're on one end of the spectrum. This is. I go to the other. This is. We've already said this is a Disney Plus show. He's the. He's Mister Irrelevant. Right. Why are you gonna do that? Because that's how I roll. <laughs> that's how I Brock and roll. Oh, that right. you know how I do it, Mark. You go, uh, you know, cookies and cream. Don't, don't, don't talk about that. I know. Sorry, Jim. That was pretty racy. It was super racy. Um, okay, it was borderline. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, Kyle. Uh, this has got to. Be- <laughs> Kyle, is your head fa- flying off? Because it, again, we welcome Kyle to the show. If anybody knows Kyle well enough to understand, his half of his life is about puns. Mm-hmm. And and so, when are are you okay? Yeah, I'm doing great. Okay, good. Uh, especially good since we're seeing such a rise in the Brock market right now. It's yeah, it's it's Thank huge you. for all of us. No, my, my issue yesterday was all the people that are ta- if you're going to take the low hanging fruit on a pun, right. lean into the fact you're taking the low hanging fruit. Like that's the funny. That's, the amount of people I'm yesterday that were like pretty good throw, I'll see myself out. Like get the f- <laughs> this is- right. My, my wife right. was one of them on Twitter. I was like, honey, you, you weren't the first. You're one to think so about late that. to the party. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody already knows. Like halfway through that game, how many people were like, you know what, the headline should be tomorrow in the Chronicle. Mr. Relevant. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? I'm like, everybody's on it. We've all thought Tony it. Montana on YouTube with uh, Brocky Balboa. <laughs> I like that. That one works for me. Stone Cold Lead Pipe Brock. That's also good. I mean. There's so many. There's options. There's options. All right. What about this before we go back to the calls? I used to run around on mainsail court. I would make my mom actually give me her dish towels, white dish towels, so that you could take a Sharpie to them and write Flash 80 on them. You would ruin the dish towel Absolutely. to be like Jerry? Stuff that thing in my pants and go outside. A drop. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and cut that for later. You don't need girth. Yeah. Flash 80. Don't stuff it so far that it gets tucked, near your... Tucked in the pants. Brock. And I'm running, Thank <laughs> you. running around on mainsail court acting like I'm toe-tapping. Heading out of bounds because my man, Jerry, that's my 49er idol. He's our goat. That's from our, my our guy. Era. He's, He's our goat. goat. Jerry, my dude, you were wrong. 
don't say that. Don't don't say what you said on social media. And, and for those of you who didn't see what he said in the wake of the Debo injury, and I know it's emotional and it's hard, I get it. Please don't blame a coach for injuries in football when a player who is a playmaker and a ball handler runs and gets tackled and then gets hurt. Do you want to know who's actually responsible for the majority of the contact that Debo gets? Debo. Because he won't fall and he won't run out of bounds. And we love that about him. But he seeks contact. There was a play yesterday where he fought four tacklers for what felt like six seconds. What for did he one get? yard. A <laughs> yeah. yard. Dude, hit the floor. Get out of the way. And by the way, the play that Debo ran was not designed to go up the middle. He cut it upfield. He cut off the route and he ran it upfield. Jerry wrote on social media, please stop running our skill positions up the uh, uh, up, up the, the middle. middle. And, and then he did a little like a little hashtag. At Trey Lance. At Trey Lance. At Jimmy Polo. At Jimmy. And now 99 problems. All hurt. Right. All hurt, Mark. Is, is Christian McCaffrey not a skill position player? Is he not supposed to run up the middle? We got to stop. There's been too much of this this year. I understand the 49ers have been through a wild injury experience. It is malpractice, in my opinion, to blame a head coach for injuries when ball handlers get tackled. I I hate it. I hate it from every level. I understand that. And uh, I'll say this. And when you have a receiver like Debo Samuel and you're using him this much in the run game, you are exposing him to a higher percentage chance of him getting hurt by the very nature of of the violence that happens between the tackles. And I'm looking at the play right now, and it's a play that's normally run by a running back, and Debo Samuel is a wide back. So if you're going to use your running back, or if you're going to use your wide receiver as a running back, if you want him to be your wide back, you are exposing him to more injury than if you didn't have him do that. Brandon Ayuk doesn't run this play. He's not as likely to get hurt on this play. Because he doesn't do that. Like, if, right, if but we're does call Debo him, have to do this? Yes, he's a wide back. This You're is up what, 21 nothing in the football game. I don't think that look, that... And I'm playing devil's yeah, advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Jerry football Rice, game. 21 he's played nothing. more football than you ever played on Main Center Court. Well, that's, yeah, and more football than I played on Eastwood Drive. I mean, are we saying at 21 nothing in the first half you want them to stop playing? I mean, they're running their plays. and This is who Debo is. We've all spent all year going, Brandon Ayuk is the more traditional, better route-running wide yeah. receiver. And we're right. This is what makes Debo special. Debo would sit there and tell you, by the way, that this is absolutely how he wants to be used, how he should be used. This was a bunch of overplayed junk in the offseason about his contract. He simply wanted to be compensated for doing what he does because he takes a lot of hits. He's never once said, I don't want to do that. He, in fact, did say to him on the sideline at SoFi Stadium last year, give me the damn ball and get out of the way and I'll take you to the promised land. This is who he is. And, and by the way, no one seeks more contact than him. So the idea that Debo Samuel is supposed to avoid contact, and it's Kyle Shanahan's fault. It's not Kyle Shanahan's that fault. It's not fair. But it's not fair. When, you, when you use a guy in this fashion, you are exposing him to a higher risk of injury. It's football. It's, I know it's football. It's the but ball handlers. This is Christian McCaffrey's role, too, is it but not? Christian McCaffrey is a trained running back. Debo Samuel does not have the same number of carries. And by the way, Christian McCaffrey is a player who has a deep history 
of injuries. Yes. So in a game where you're up 21 to nothing, I don't think that that is necessarily a time that you are in need of Debo Samuel wow. to run this type of a play. You're at their 45-yard line. You're in firm control of the game. To me, using Debo in this fashion is reserved for the <laughs> NFC Championship game where you need a score to go to the Super Bowl, not up three touchdowns uh, against a Tampa Bay team that's ready to wave the white yeah, flag. Yeah, well, they're not waving the white flag in the second quarter of a football game. You run the plays that, that, that you have, and I get it. We're triggered as a 49er fan base because of all of the injuries, but I, I, I watch this even in-game, whether it's on Twitter or whoever I'm sitting with. We we watch the game as 49er fans as if someone's going to get hurt on every play. Christian McCaffrey has an unbelievable game with 14 carries. And I couldn't t- I, I'm watching people on social media stop giving him the ball so much. We're, we're the only fan base in America that's rooting for our good players to stop getting the ball. It's because we've had so by, many injuries. And by the way, when they don't get the ball and the Niners win by 21 points, we come in and scream about the guys who didn't get the ball. We got to get Debo more involved. We got to get Kittle more involved. This is a yo-yo and a seesaw that is absolutely absurd. It's unfair to the team. It's unfair to the coaching staff, and doesn't make any sense. Your good players get the ball. The more you can get them the ball, the better off you right. are. And a twenty-one nothing game in the second quarter is far from over. And I got a bucket load of examples this year in the NFL. When you have a team that has had a series of injuries, you may need to approach those players in a little bit of a different fashion. And that's you know, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback, and it is Monday. And it is the morning, and it's our job. And I know many people are lined up on the phones to to talk about everything they saw. I'm not blaming Kyle Shanahan for Debo Samuel's injury. I'm simply pointing out when you give a guy the ball and you run him between the tackles, he's more likely to get hurt than if you don't have him run between the tackles with the football. These are these are football facts. That's true about every single player who gets the ball. Right. So why would you have Debo Samuel in a game up twenty one? Because he does it well. But he does a lot of things. Yeah, it's not the only thing he does. No, but, but actually, it is the main thing that he does. Like he runs. He the runs ball. jet sweeps. He runs. He gets the ball on a screen that and runs a, with it. That was a sweep, and he cut it upfield. Now, nah, anyway, yeah, I don't go, want to look get, at a highlight. I'm looking it at it. I don't yeah, want to get too inside from the side. He's coming from the side, and he's taking the ball out to the left sideline, and he sees a defender there, so he cuts it up the middle. That's where the, not that's designed, where the hole was. Not yeah. designed to run well, up the middle. We can get Baldy in on this. We'll go X's and O's anyway. Uh, Either way, it doesn't matter. Jay in the Bay on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Jay, what's going on? What are you doing? Oh, man, just sitting here listening to you guys. But, hey, I got a question, man. Uh, uh, Brock and Trey have played close to about the same amount of time, right? Like, not two full games, right? Um, this year, yes. I mean, if we take it. Remember, remember, Trey got some time last year, but yes. Yeah, this year alone. Where would you compare the two of them and, and like, moving forward, how do you think that it's going to get a pick? Like, because the trade was a higher draft pick, that he automatically gets priority or first QB one position? It's a how good, does that it, work? Yeah, it's well. So, how does it work? It works however they want to work it. Uh, Jay, I think it's it's a fair question, um, but it, it's too early to ask it because we don't know what we're dealing with yet with Brock Purdy. If 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 this continues and Brock rolls to an NFC title game or beyond. I, I think it's almost difficult to not think that next year would at minimum be some sort of like, I don't know if I want to call it an open competition, but an openness competition. But you can call it an open like competition. Yeah, like you're going to have to, you're going to, if you're Trey, you're going to have to come in and win that gig. 
Well, I um, think he does already. Yeah. If it now honestly. now now if this goes sideways the rest of the year, or oh, then then maybe not. But where I sit today, you remember we've had the conversation a couple of times with regard to the 49ers cannot just come back next year and go. Trey's our quarterback, and we got no fallback option. Can't do it because of the injury, because of the lack of of what they've seen with him. But this certainly would look at this moment like the development the 49ers need in that they don't have to go onto the market, Garoppolo, Brady, or anywhere else, to find out what that fallback option would be. That fallback option would be Brock Purdy, and he may end up being option one. Right, Trey Lance may be the fallback option. And if you think in terms of like post-high school experience, Trey Lance... Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's got a ton more experience than Trey Lance. Brock Purdy was a four-year starter yep. at a Power 5 school. He started, what, 46 games in college or something? And Trey Lance started 14 games in the FCS level. Pro-wise, they've had about the same amount of experience. I think that uh, Trey Lance has had a little bit more, counting last year, mop-up duty in the games he started. But in terms of Right now, and think about it, Mark. If they go two and two the rest of the way, they win the division, they lose their first playoff game. They go into next year; it's an open competition. You I think, think that. Oh, I think I think that Brock Purdy has already. I almost said Mark Purdy. Shout out to Mercury News. Brock Purdy had no relation. Brock Purdy has already earned, in my opinion, the right to go in and compete just huh. based on what he's shown. I mean, I, I I guess, and his question was sort of like, where does your draft status and your salary factor into all of this? I don't know. Maybe it breaks ties, uh, I, I, I guess. If, maybe, like, yeah. if you, you know what I mean? And so that's kind of where we're at right now. Like, Brock has done enough to be a really intriguing player, um, maybe to be a, a big piece of the future we don't know yet, but... Um, the scenario you painted, which is now this is going to go downhill a little bit, like two and two and a loss in round one of the playoffs against, by the way, the teams that that would mean. That means you're losing to the Giants or the Commanders or right. the Lions at home. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that people would be excited about Brock Purdy going no, into to next point. year. That's a good point. So I, but, but. Yeah, like, I mean, I I think coaches, this is one thing I'll give Shanahan credit for. You can rip him for drafting the wrong people, but I think a good coach, when they get a guy into their camp, that's it. Erase wherever they were drafted. Where's Ty Davis Price? It doesn't matter. Jordan Mason's undrafted. He beat him. And it's the second year in a row. Elijah Mitchell drafted way later than Trey Sermon. Get him into camp, and once they're there, Whoever's playing better plays and, 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 and block out the noise of money and contract and expectations. I hope that that happens again next year at quarterback. I don't know what the scenario will be coming in. Is Trey fully healthy at OTAs? Did Brock Purdy run to the NFC title game? These things will all matter in that conversation. But yesterday is a huge day for the idea of the 49ers got saved from having to go spend a lot of money on whatever that fallback option might have been for Trey Lance. Yes, and I think they also get a certain amount of vindication. It's a vindication sensation, quite frankly, in terms of their ability in the draft because you have the final pick in the NFL draft. They could have taken any undrafted player on the planet 
anybody in the planet. They could have taken Willard, Dibs, Spadoni, Madsen, Guru. Which Jordan Mason. I, Guru felt like I'm um, Guru's mad. He got passed over by 32 teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have taken anybody, but they took Brock Purdy. So they can say, hey, we saw something in the kid, which obviously they did. Otherwise, they wouldn't have used the final pick in the NFL draft on a quarterback knowing that you already had Trey Lance. You already had the QB of the future. You had Nate Sudfeld and well, you were drafting Brock to be an emergency third and then Jimmy comes in and you still can't beat out Jimmy. We're going to keep Jimmy because we're still not sold on you Brock Purdy and then Jimmy gets hurt and now he's your QB one but they drafted him so they get credit for that. Yep, absolutely. Jonathan in the city is next up on Willard and Dibs. Hey Jonathan what are you doing? Hey, uh, good morning, guys. Is uh, currently uh, milking my uh, lunch uh, before I head out. Um, man, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, make any early conclusions based on like super uh, tiny sample size. But man, that was amazing, dude. He brought Brody <laughs> showing us things that a ten-year veteran is doing. You know, um, it's, it's not just the touchdown throws. It's it's, it's uh, it's what happened before the touchdown, you know, the way he avoided the rush and maybe went to a check down, his footwork, the way he scans the field, and the perfect counter to a blitz. I mean, this guy is doing things like a, a Rodgers would do or a Brady would do. So, hey, like everybody is feeling right now, it's just total joy. And like I said, it's so amazing. Uh, um, I, I want to see one more game before I make any conclusion, but. Early on, Brock Purdy rocks. Brock Purdy rocks. Uh, not your best, yeah, but I appreciate exactly. it. Thanks, Jonathan. And you know, well, <laughs> he, he, okay, he wants to he wants to see one more, and this is this is the perfect setup. Like, okay, you you've been thrown into a situation, and you won. Then you were the starter against a pretty good defense. And not a great look. Tampa's not great, but they're, they're also not the dregs of the league. Like, you pass that test in flying colors. But he, you even said this earlier. This, he has not played a road game yet. Okay, so he's not played where he can't hear and there's a loud crowd. He's not played a division game right. yet. He gets all, and by the way, has he played through injury? Like, he's not going to be 100%. They've got a game in three days. Okay, in three days... He checks all the... If this guy goes out there and looks like that again, and by the way, he might, because here's the underbelly. We're used to, oh, road games in Seattle. This is tough, and it's loud, and it's 12th man, and it's division rival. Their defense is awful. Yeah, they're struggling. It's awful. Everybody is scoring on them at will. So Brock Purdy, I think the likely scenario is you're going to get a very heavy dose of the run game on Thursday night. I think the 49ers are going to win that game. And Brock Purdy will have what? Passed every test. He'll have won the division. I know he didn't do it solely. Jimmy Garoppolo played a huge role yep. in that. But Brock Purdy will have a spot then. You can look at it in terms of what now. Maybe Josh Johnson gets a healthy dose of the of the play down the stretch once you've won the division. Uh, again, I don't want... I don't think the 49ers... And this is setting up... <laughs> setting up for Shanahan to get yelled at again. Because someone's going to get hurt over the last... If they win Thursday night, as you said, it sets up a three-game set for the 49ers where they want them all, but they don't need any of them. No one in the NFC South is going to catch them for the, for the three seed. Right. And 
how hard do you want to work to go get the two seed? Probably not that hard. And it's setting up three games where someone's going to get hurt in that window and Shanahan's going to get blamed again because uh, apparently we should just sit everybody out because football's too dangerous. It just depends on how you want to go about it because you look at Minnesota and they've got uh, a game against Indy, which Indy is kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Then they've got the Giants. They've got the Packers. If Minnesota loses to Indy, now you're tied with Minnesota for the two seed. Maybe then you think about pushing for the two. But to your point... Even if you were to face Minnesota in the divisional round at Minnesota come January, you're probably going to be favored. By the way, uh, it, let's say that scenario. Let's say the Niners win Thursday, Minnesota loses on, on Sunday. Saturday, okay. Uh, who does in this moment have the tiebreaker? I think it's the 49ers. The 49ers are one game ahead of Minnesota in the conference record. Is that where we would go? I believe yeah. so because okay. they, they didn't play so, each other. Uh, Niners would be eight and two. Minnesota would still be six and three in the conference. In the yes. conference, so you know, pending Minnesota being able to to turn that around, the Niners would hold the tiebreaker. Unbelievable! But uh, I wonder how much they would push for the two. I don't know. As don't opposed know. to the three. I mean, two's better than three, but but also nobody is scared of going to Minnesota. Right. Nobody is. Right. So uh, Gary and San Ramon next up on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Gary, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing the same thing that uh, Brock and uh, Debo are doing today. I'm going to get an MRI. So, out of bed, but uh, you all right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I just I was making the bed, you know. So, so tell me about it. I'll tell you what, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> tough. That's a lot of different movements in different directions. Okay, Gary, what do you got? Well, you know, I kind of have to agree with uh, Dibs on the injury deal, and and not to blame Kyle, but you know, we our prize rookie got hurt running power. And, you know, the Debo got hurt running power. And like you say, uh, Mark, it was uh, probably not the play that was totally designed. But just my point being is we're at the point where, you know, Debo was such a big factor in that playoff run. And then we can't just afford to have anybody else get hurt. And look at the defense. Uh, Gibbons and uh, uh, another gentleman got hurt on, on the line. So there was a, they were nicked up there. And that's one of the strengths. So, um, yeah, our our, 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 our factor there is such that we just can't afford having more big guys go down. So, Well, I, I will what, say this, Gary. It's, it's football. Every organization feels the way you feel right now. Oh, we can't afford to have this guy, that guy go down. Everyone feels that way. By the way, Debo was not running power. Uh, that's not what that play was. Uh, but be that as it may, I, I just... I understand everybody's angst on injuries. I wish there was a way for a team to go, you know what, we're going to go try to win uh, the game this week, but but here's our number one thing. We're, we're, we can't get anybody hurt. You can't play that way. Well, it's there's just, a way to avoid guys getting hurt. No, I disagree. You don't play them. Yeah, well, that, there I mean, you go. Yeah. You, so, could, you could change sports this weekend and try to go play basketball. I don't know. Now you they, play Croft instead of Kittle. And Debo's not going to play. You rest McCaffrey. You actually let Ty Davis Price try to play running back. You play Josh Johnson. There's ways to do it. If you're if you win over Seattle and you clinch the division, you can really change the way you approach the last three games. Oof, oof. I don't agree with that at all. No, you you can you agree with the fact that you can do that. You're allowed to. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think it would be a horrible strategy. It depends on, you know, like, uh, Bosa, yeah. do you want, I mean, is Bosa going to even play Thursday? I don't know. With his I don't ailment. Know. I don't know, but are we, are, so we're, we're going to bubble wrap the team if they went on Thursday and wait for round one. It's certain guys. I, bubble wrap them for, you I, know, I, you don't have to fully bubble wrap them I for three weeks, but 
You definitely want to pick and you want to pick your spots. Yeah, I mean, I would do the same thing the Warriors have always done in this situation. You want to sit fourth quarters when we have a big lead. That's that's about all I would sat do. Everyone last year yeah. forever. Well, Steph actually, Curry sat the last two weeks of the year. Bad bad uh, bad comp. It's the NBA. They sit everyone always. <laughs> Thank you. you. See what the exactly. Brooklyn Nets did over the weekend. It's a joke. It's just like oh, by the way, our top <clears throat> seven players are all going to sit. Unreal. What's and up? They won. Yeah, they won. <laughs> they won. What's up next on the game? Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. It's also all sponsored by ChooseChange.org. We are taking your phone calls on Brock Mania. 888-957-9570. I got something to say about Shanahan, too. We'll do that next. But more of your phone calls coming up on Willard and Dibs. <laughs> Pants. It's your boy Guru from Stani and Guru, noon to three, right here on 95.7 The Game. Now back to my two guys. I actually feel like I do a show with them on the changeover. Willard and Dibs, right here on 95.7 The Game. Yep, you do, Goo, and uh, we look forward to talking to you in a little bit over an hour. Gosh. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcast. Guru the Dream Crusher just came in over the top rope with a late ass, a late game over the top hammer to my head to uh, turn it into an elimination sensation. Be happy for D. Elimination Me. sensation. I'm out. I asked him to bench all his players. He didn't do it. And then he actually even texted me yesterday. He's like, I'm sorry. I didn't. I got scared. I thought the. I'm like, I'm kidding, dude. I didn't want. I didn't want to collude. I know what we're doing here. So um, I will respectfully move on from the 95-7 The Game Fantasy League proceedings. The only wor- the worst thing in a fantasy league than the <laughs> colluder is the I'm out uh, Sir Drop-A-Lot guy. Oh, gosh. Where yeah. I'm just going to drop everyone because I've been knocked out. Like the tantrum, the fantasy football tantrum. The tantrum yeah. Drop-A-Lot. Yeah. Sir Drop-A-Lot <laughs> where it's like, ah, oh, McCaffrey, I'm going to drop oh, him. and you know I like big drops and I cannot lie. <laughs> yes. uh, anyway, uh, it's Willard and Dibs back to calls in a second. They're probably going to give it to Sirianni because as we have discussed, at least in my opinion, in professional sports leagues, we do not give the Coach of the Year award to the person who deserves it. We give it to the person who surprised us the most. We're going to bite a kneecap off. Maybe that guy gets Coach of the Year. School of Hard Knocks, he's working his way toward, who knows, relevance. Like, they may get into the playoff chase if they win again this weekend. A lot of this, too, we don't know. Like, Coach of the Year, Who? how do we know who really was the best Coach, is it the team that we didn't think was going to be good and all of a sudden they were good? Is it the team that was the best team and they turned out to be the best team? Is it harder to coach a really good team and have them be really good or take a team that we didn't think was very good and have them be mediocre? Right, and and, and also there's all this stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't really know. I don't know. I mean, for years, is it Belichick or Brady? Is it Brady or Belichick? <laughs> right, now we know. Belichick's a great coach, but hello... I mean, could there have been a firmer slam dunk answer to that conversation, which is Brady leaves and takes the other team to the Super Bowl? Right. Right? So, 
I'm with you. We don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes, but I know the way that we normally vote on this. We vote on this. We give it to the coach who did the best versus what we thought they were going to do. Whoever surprised us the most. And the Eagles, I think a lot of us, even especially as we got close to the start of the season, were like, they might be good. We didn't think they'd be this good. And and, and he's got Jalen Hurts out there in, in the MVP conversation. And I think, actually, he's in first place right now. Wouldn't, wouldn't you vote for yeah, him I if think it were so. right this minute? Based on, the, I mean, yesterday, he's that was been a incredible. complete obliteration. Yeah. I just think about it in terms of my own coaching career. I coached 20, 25 years of high school. I won three straight section championships. My last year, we went 32-7. and seven. I was Marin County Coach of the Year. But that was not my best coaching job. I had eight seniors. We were going to win. I could have shown up asleep. Right. But I'm Coach of the Year. The real coaching job was my 0-26 JV girls basketball team. That's when I did my best coaching job. Not that we could have been worse than 0-26, but if I could show you what I went through on a day-to-day basis, I was coaching my ass off just to have us lose by 50 a night. I mean, if the Warriors end up the three seed, the four seed, shouldn't shouldn't we look at Steve Kerr and be like, how did you... Right, you're doing things right now. He's yeah. doing so much more than he did in the KD era, where he could be like, "Okay, Andre, you coach this half," or "Hey, Luke Walton, you win all the games." You know, I mean, right? So Kyle Shanahan may not get love because he's got a lot of good players on his team. He's got a lot of good players on his team, so they may give it to Sirianni. Yeah, just but, one postscript on Coach of the Year. You know the year that Steve Kerr won Coach of the Year? It's when they went 73-9. and He missed the first, what, 35 games? They started 24-0 under Luke Walton, yet Steve Kerr was Coach of the Year. He literally had a smoking jacket on for most of those games. Right. If you ask him what was the best coaching job of his career, that one might be dead last. No, no doubt. Because, by the way, they also came out of that experience when they lose the championship thinking, we played too hard in the regular season. I mean, you could almost make the, co- the, the case that it was bad coaching. He probably would. He's like, <laughs> exactly. yeah, I kind of misplayed that. We chased wins uh, and, and that whole famous story. So, yeah, look, Nick Sirianni has surprised us. The Eagles have already clinched a playoff spot, and they're 12-1. and one. But for my money, Kyle Shanahan is the NFL coach of the year this year. It's not even that you just look at this year and go, who else would be able to do what they're doing with a backup quarterback? He's now on QB3. So you can go back and go, well, why was he starting Trey in the first place? We can play all of that hindsight 2020 junk. But the bottom line is, in the history of this league, nobody has ever looked like this on QB3. And he deserves a big piece of this pie. So does Brock. So does Jimmy. So do the players. The defense, obviously, is what is really driving this ship. D'Amico Ryans should be a head coach next year. There's plenty of praise to go around. But from where we were, this conversation, six, seven weeks ago, when people were freaking out about Jimmy and Trey and the play calling and this, that, the other, Kyle Shanahan is a fantastic head coach in this league. He is a fantastic head coach. This year being as much evidence as anybody would need. Is every draft perfect? Is every play call perfect? That coach has never existed. But my gosh, 49er faithful, you should be so thankful that this man is your coach and that with QB3 playing, you still have life because there is no other team in the NFL this year that would be able to say that.
lose two QBs, and wake up on Monday morning talking about the Super Bowl, that's nuts. That is crazy, Josh right? Shanahan's done a fantastic job this year, and he's a great coach, and I hope he's here for a long time. And it's more than just the play sheet, and I always give love to that beautiful two-sided laminated play sheet that he, he carries so close to his bosom, his ample bosom, and that really is a it's big... not that ample, but anyway, go well, ahead. Well, you'd be surprised what lies underneath <laughs> uh, that zip-up hoodie. What lies beneath. <laughs> two breasts, one man. <laughs> one man with two Chi-chi's. But uh, when you think about, like, yesterday in the post game in the locker room, I don't know if you've seen the video, Fred Warner addressing the team, and you've got everybody up close. Everyone's got the fist up. Kyle Shanahan doesn't need to be the one lording over the conversation. What he's done to the locker room, and, you know, Fred Warner's talking about 1-0. Let's, let's get ready for Thursday. Let's try to go 1-0. The mentality of this team, the unity of the team, and the fact that, yes, they're still a very viable team with their third-string quarterback. You've got a defensive coordinator who he lets he lets do his thing. Yep. You know, he's not he's not an egomaniac. He's not a micromanager. And you know what? After this year, he's going to need to find another defensive coordinator. But I would bet that he's going to to have somebody in mind, and that defense oh, won't miss a beat. They're next ready. Year. They're yeah. They'll they'll be ready as they have been the last few years. They've lost major assistants each year. Sala, McDaniel, and, and by the way, I hope I hope even though I'm a Forty Nine er fan. All the way through. I hope D'Amico Ryans is coaching somewhere else next year because he deserves it. He deserves it, and we know the underlying theme through the years with the NFL. If D'Amico does not get a chance, that's absurd. He deserves it. And, yes, the 49ers will be fine. Does he take L.A. or Arizona? Which divisional oh, opponent gosh, does, does he, he go to? Does he have to go to the NFC West? Uh, I, I mean, it If does. you were D'Amico, which of those two would you take? So... He's got da-da-da... No, 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 don't bother. Doesn't feel like... <laughs> I think both are going to be open. Does it feel like those organizations will go defensive head coach, though? No. Which I, which I think, by the way, is an overused conversation, but we do it a lot. Like, a lot of organizations want a quarterback's right-hand man to be the head coach. And, and so, when you see what's going on now from... A, a Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan and some of the teams that I know the Bills. Cliff Kingsbury. The Bills, the Bills have a defensive-minded head coach. Yep. So I so think does Tennessee. Yeah, what you need is just someone to really change culture. That's what Salah has done so well with Good the point. Jets. Yeah. They're not a great team. They don't have a quarterback. And so I don't think they're going far, but he has changed the culture. They've got elite defense and belief. Dan Campbell's done the same thing in yeah. Detroit. Mike McDaniels changed the culture in Miami, no but doubt. he's an offensive-minded guy. I just wonder, if you were D'Amico Ryans, which of those gigs would you take if you had your choice of the two? Oh, they're both in bad shape LA's, right now. LA's in a real bad spot LA, in terms of the roster. LA's going into a total reboot, and, and Arizona... Has a deeply to, flawed quarterback. You have to believe in Kyle, Kyler Murray going forward, and I don't, I don't think you do. So, is there door number three? No, Steiny. It's no. just a simple question. The Chargers don't make the playoffs. Oh, is that God. one going to be open? Because I spent fifteen one, fifty one weeks of this. Can you please just answer the question? That, no, that I don't. Neither of them. I, I hold out. I hold out. I don't want those two jobs. I want a job mm-hmm. where there's a QB. The Humpty Dance. Not a dance. I say no. That's not. That's not so the you're gig not, that I want. Just say that you're not going to answer the question. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you're on the fence. Humpty Dumpty. I'm not on the on fence. The That's a very firm statement. I don't want either of them. I am waiting for a better gig. 
I if that charger job opens, I want that one. That's the job that I want. Uh, Just what, win, baby. <laughs> yeah, what else might be open? Too. What, what else might be open? You know what I mean? I'd almost rather have Houston, so I can just start without pressure and and build my own thing. Panthers. The correct answer is the Rams, by the way. Yeah. Because I'm you'd out. rather have Baker Mayfield than you would Kyler Murray. I think it's a big mistake to think that Baker Mayfield's going to be the future quarterback of the Los Angeles. I don't know how Rams. deep into a future, yeah, but I think I mean, they keep him and they look to draft. Well, yeah. they don't look to draft anybody because yeah, we'll they don't see. have any picks. I think Baker just went there to try to rehab the image. I think Baker was a little bit more behind this than we realized. Let's put it that way. Especially with only one team putting in a claim. The report is he had a flight to L.A. before yeah. even the waiver claim got made. I think he asked for his release, and I think he knew exactly where he was going to end up. Let's put it that way. Uh, Brandon in New York, next up, Willard and Dibs. Hey, Brandon, what you doing? No, I'm sitting here listening to you guys with my cat. is actually named after Debo, so real fun. I actually... I'm born and raised in San Jose. I moved to New York last year and found a bar uh, here in New York, and it's full of Niners fans, called Plug Uglies. But I was there for the game against Miami when, you know, Brock first came in, and everyone was kind of looking at each other like, I can't believe what we're seeing. And everyone was cheering, and they they were chanting Brock like they were in the stadium. And chatting with my friends back home, there's this buzz with Brock Purdy uh, that we're seeing and we're hearing compared to when we first saw Trey Lance, we're like, wow, Trey Lance has a strong arm. He's big, he's powerful. But like, I remember talking to people and we were kind of like, well, we don't know. And the sample size we have with both now is we can look at both. And without the context of one is Mr. Irrelevant and one was a third pick or what, what Lance was picked, we can look at them both and say, holy crap, Brock Purdy is amazing. If he was 6'4", we'd call him the second coming of Josh Allen, and we wouldn't even think about Lance if we're, if we're putting it that way. But I think it's awesome. It's a fun time to be a Niner fan, especially in New York. Um, I miss home, so this is, like, really great to see. Um, and I'm hoping that it continues because if we take the draft pick thing out of the picture, there's a real there's a good chance that Brock can be really, really good for the organization. I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it feels that way. Brandon, thank you so much for calling, and I'm glad the 49ers are uh, kind of a conduit to back home for you. Here's one thing I'm trying really hard to do. I, I, I know it's difficult, so uh, uh, this is with understanding for every fan and how your mind is working right now. I am trying very hard to watch Brock Purdy play and simply assess and experience that. In other words, when I watch Brock play, and he's great, I just want to make it about Brock being great. Not Brock being Mr. Irrelevant. Don't, no, no, no. What I mean is I don't want to see Brock play well and have that immediately make my mind go, well, this means this about Trey, and that's what it means about Jimmy. So Jimmy's not as good as we thought Jimmy was, and Trey, if we compare Trey to, to Brock because they've had both seven quarters of action, in the, I, I want to stop. Yeah, you have to stop. Brock... He has been amazing, and that means nothing about Jimmy and Trey right now. Exactly. It means, well, Jimmy's probably not going to play. It does mean that you're less thirsty for an update on Jimmy's situation. Oh, you're, totally. you're less desperate for, can Jimmy make it back? And you're also less desperate about the idea of maybe Trey at the last minute can come back as well. You feel like Brock Purdy, if he can be healthy... 
He is good enough to get you where you want to go this year. And then when you get to next year, well, we can talk about next year when we come to it because there's a lot of things, including the idea of TB12 maybe riding off into the sunset. You saw everything he did yesterday, whipping out his phone. When everyone's around, he whips out his phone, and he's taking pictures of the legends. And he goes up to Bryant Young pregame, and he's hugging up on BY and telling him how much he loves and respects him and all the other Niner loving. He signed a ball for Dre Greenlaw postgame after Dre picked him off. Tom Brady did everything in his power to send the message of, yeah, I love, I love this place. It here. Love it here. I love it here. Love yeah. it. But again, that's a conversation for March, as you were talking about before. Yeah, I, March may have gotten even more interesting. It could have, but it also could have gotten a lot less expensive, and it could have True. gotten clearer. I, I mean, if Brock plays well the rest of the year, I, you come back with Brock and Trey, and, and and that's it. And you see, you see what happens. It's whatever third string veteran you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. What, you want to slough in? I, I, I'll, I'll Sudfeld. I'll say this about Jimmy. If you were going to draft a one-two punch, go back to two weeks ago. If you were going to draft a one-two punch that would cripple the idea of him being a 49er beyond this year, this is exactly what you would draft. You would draft an injury followed by an unheralded rookie renaissance. coming in and looking every bit as good. That like We've all learned... That Jimmy is the ultimate cockroach in a 49er uniform. So we've He's all, a Brockroach. We, very nice. Thank you. That's a four. We beat Kyle to it. We absolutely have all learned, don't ever doubt that Jimmy is going to be back. <laughs> because he's always back. No matter what. So you'll, you won't hear it from me until he signs a contract with another team. You, you won't hear it from me. So I don't know what's going to happen. But if you were going to sit down two weeks ago... When I feel like we were hitting a fever pitch, four-game win streak, and all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, what is this guy's going to run the Niners to the NFC West title? How do you then what? How, how do you, you get rid of him next year? If you're going to sit down and be a content creator and go, okay, here's how I get Jimmy off of the 49ers, you would do exactly what just happened. You'd go injury, followed by unheralded rookie balling out. Right. See ya. And that's that's the way this goes. We're not talking about probably. Well, I mean, you'll never hear me say it until no, he signs right. a contract I've with somebody else. I've tried to throw else. dirt on this guy I mean, so many times. He's like Uma Therma in uh, Kill Bill Two, I believe, <laughs> when she was able to punch through the coffin yeah. and get out from the grave. That's kind of what Jimmy G right now is doing, trying to find his way through the uh, the coffin because he's he's been buried. Visual, but anyway, did you ever see that movie Kill no, Bill? No, I did not. I don't know if that necessarily yeah. you saw the original yeah, Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah. it's just incredible. Quentin Tarantino, uh, Uma Thurman. Uh, spoiler alert, things don't go well for her. She ends up buried alive. Well, very few people in Quentin Tarantino movies have things, quote-unquote, go well. Yeah, but, you know, Marcellus Wallace had a good run in uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he did. But even Butch, some, I mean, yeah. you know, Butch was able to pull through. He killed some people. I think in uh, real maybe. life, he usually end up in jail. But anyway. He kind of, not in those movies. But, right. Yeah, Uma was a, a great come-from-behind story. But that's kind of how I, I envision Jimmy G right now, because... There's no way in hell he comes back. But then again, how many times have we already said that in, in this calendar year? Yep, yep. Uh, Gabriel in Napa is next up on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Gabriel, what are you doing? Uh, you know, salting away on Monday with uh, stress snacks, getting ready for an event, eating stuff I shouldn't eat. Out of Holidays, right? Out of bed. Let's oh, do yeah. it. Yep. Let's go. Chocolate, cookies, let's do it. Everywhere. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, 
love spending other people's money. Got my mind on my money and Purdy on my mind. It doesn't really work, does it? No, no but I it's fine. It. We, we, we like the, the holidays. Effort. We're an effort show, Gabriel. So, you know, the points for the effort, for sure. Early Monday. Um, I think you guys just referenced it a little bit. I, I actually looked it up while I was cruising around. Um, you know, if, when, how, what, what's going to happen. But it's fun. I mean, that's what, what Sports Talk Radio is about. You know, Purdy wins in Seattle. Like, if you want to get back to the injury stuff, I guess he's resting for the next four weeks. That's ridiculous. It's football. Play football. You can't, like, it's just a non-starter with me or anybody else. You can't sit people. It's just play the game, uh, especially in the second quarter. Give me a break. Um, the next thing I wanted to say is back to the Purdy thing. I mean, there's some precedent. The greatest of all time who was, when was he drafted? Sixth round? Like the worst camp or worst uh, combine ever? You know, Drew Drew Bledsoe goes out, uh, Tom steps in, never gives it up, greatest of all time. So I know that he wasn't Mr. Irrelevant, but pretty damn close, especially when you look at his uh, – 40-yard time and those push-ups he did. Right. The, and then the, the, the real tale of the tale. The, yeah, sorry. The pre- yeah, the precedent, Gabriel, we're talking about, though, the difference there is there are a few examples of Tom Brady-style backups. Nick Foles, Hostetler. We can go through some backups. This is QB3. I, I don't, I, you tell me, I don't, I can't think of anything where that this is ever, and I don't know what this is. Right now, it's just one and a half games. But if this goes somewhere special, I can't think of a comp where that's ever happened in the history of the league. You're right, you're right. The last thing I would want to say is just back to the mathematics because this is a cash business, cash money. Um, if Purdy does this thing, gets to, you know, let's just say the championship or wherever he, you know, NFC championship game, that dude's making on a rookie contract, he's got three years left, he's making $3.7 million. Trey Lance, on his, he'll be in his third year, $40 million. Who do you think they're going to go with? Bye-bye, Trey. Stick around, Brock. Uh, hey Jimmy, you're the best best Jimmy G we've ever had, and that's the future. And I am totally down with that, especially if we can invest some money in another offensive lineman, so that our new Purdy boy does not get hurt. <laughs> Gabriel, thanks. Um, Way to bring look, it home. Look, uh, people are always going to get hit. <laughs> I thought the offensive line was fantastic yesterday. Terrific I game. I thought it was their best game of no the year. No doubt. You know. Uh, especially with the holes they opened up for Christian McCaffrey. Like, he was just gashing uh, the Bucs seemingly every time he touched the ball. Yeah, and just as I mentioned in the changeover earlier, his ability to be small, then be big, and you actually pointed out the stiff arm, and I just watched the play again. It's just an almost unnecessary stiff arm, but it's one of those where he goes out and he just kind of flicks the defender away. Before you think about grabbing me here at the 20-yard line, it's like, the you know the little feather duster when you try to reach above, like, the drapes? He gave him not a stiff arm, but he gave him a quick little feather duster and kept him at bay as he went on the way to the end zone. almost used him as a catapult. It looked like, you know those Hot Wheels tracks where you get the little clicker and it's like and it shoots them off, and they go, you know, do the loop-de-loops. Like, he was in the clear, but he needed to get a little shove, and then once he got to full speed, he was gone. But, yeah, he stiff-armed, he stiff-armed somebody who was already behind him. Yeah. He's already in his rearview mirror, but he's it's like, crazy. I don't want this guy grabbing my jersey, so get off of me. Stiffed and off at 6 went. o'clock. And just a quick comp on, because you were talking about yeah. third stringers. Uh, Kurt Warner was a third-string quarterback for the St. Louis Rams the year before he became the starter. Yeah. So I know it's not an accurate comp. He was undrafted. Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, Warner backed up Tony Banks and Steve Bono. He only played one game at quarterback. The next year, he gets the gig because Trent Green had uh, 
had gotten hurt yep, early on, and then Warner runs the table. So not a completely like-for-like like comp, but the way Kurt Warner kind of came out of nowhere. I'm not saying Brock Purdy's no. going to be Kurt Warner, but it'd be cool if he was. Uh, yes, it would be a lot cooler if you <laughs> totally were. Did. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I, I wonder if everybody knows what this sounds like around the nation. Right, we we know who Brock Purdy is because we're we're following the 49ers on the day to day. But when Kurt Warner, when Dick Vermeil cried and went, this team will rally around Kurt Warner. I'm like, who? It's a four for your Vermeil. Who the hell is Kurt Warner? What are you even? Talking? I didn't even know who he was. That grocery guy. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he's winning the Super Bowl. You want to know what the Wall Street Journal headline is this morning? There it is. Quote: The no-name quarterback who just outplayed Tom Brady. That's the headline. He's got a couple of great names. In the Wall, Wall Street, Street Journal. Exactly. Not no name anymore. Um, it's Brock also- up. Again. <laughs> I mean, they could have played off of the business angle of the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> That's very much good of. Uh, the New York Brock Exchange. Uh, that is all sponsored by Bed Bath & Beyond. Much more of your phone calls coming up next. And again, we circle back to the very, very initial question we threw out. You've now watched a full four quarters with Brock the starter. How did yesterday... Change your perspective on all things Brock Purdy, all things 49ers, now and into the future. Your call's next, 888-957-9570 on Willard and Dips.